It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December twelfth, two 2013. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking forward to a good discussion on the Virtual Bible Study. And we are looking forward to that. Monty's behind the controls. Monty, it's been about a month since you've been here. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here. Well, he was here for a solid month, and so we gave him a solid month off. it was six weeks, wasn't it, Monty? <laughs> Five weeks. Five, Five weeks. weeks. Well, yeah, so. Okay, there you go. I but, didn't have anything else to do. Well, <laughs> we're glad that you got something. To, well, you're here with us tonight. Uh, now, I don't know about that, Monty. That almost sounds like, you know, we're just second fiddle here. <laughs> I didn't have anything of any greater importance okay, that, that could that. possibly <laughs> have been done. Well, but is that, <laughs> do you ever have anything of greater importance? See, that's you're implying that we're sort of towards the bottom of the list there. No, Monty. you're number one on my list. There okay, we well, go. There you. we go. Thank you, Monty. Thanks All for right. your help. We've got an interesting program tonight uh, and one that I'm looking forward to. Jacob, I uh, was thinking along the lines of the, the kind of things that every one of us have to deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. We're, we're facing temptation. Uh, Satan is trying to undo us. Yes. He wants to cause us to be lost eternally in hell. And so we have to work to overcome a lot of temptations that are presented to us on a continuing basis. And I think a lot of Christians struggle with maybe one or, or more specific sins that keep recurring in their lives, yes. you know, certain weaknesses. And everyone has their own particular weaknesses, you know, yours may not be mine, mine may not be yours, but we all have certain areas where we feel more susceptible to temptation. And so tonight uh, we decided we'd make the theme of our study, how do I deal with those kind of recurring temptations and sins? I, I titled it, The Sin I Can't Seem to Overcome. Now in your subject line, you, you entitled it, The Sin I Can't Overcome. And that sort of left me thinking that that's a misnomer. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that as we go on. Every sin can be overcome, yeah. but I think sometimes people just, you know, struggle. You know, they feel okay. like they feel like this they is something. They think it appears that it's it, 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 it appears. Overcome. You know, uh, uh, no matter how hard they try or uh, whatever they do, it seems like the temptation returns day after day, uh, week after week, month after month. They're dealing with the same thing. They can't ever seem to put that behind them. And sort of be finished with okay, it. Right. And of course, those kinds of situations, I think, particularly leave people feeling pretty miserable mm-hmm. and guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unpleasant. Right. You know, it, it leaves us with a bad feeling. And so we want to talk about that tonight. How, how can we overcome these sins? The, the, the discussion will be that we can. Yes. Even if sometimes it feels like it's not possible, That's it right. is possible. This is not going to be a program that we're just uh, accepting defeat. Right, right. Exactly okay. right. Good. That's good clarification. Okay. Um, so we sent out some questions to our update list earlier today, uh, seeking uh, input. We've got just very very little input in return. That means the uh, chat room is going to pull the chat, chat room. You people in the chat room need to get busy and, and talk to us in the chat room. Here are the questions we sent out to our update list today. As always, we say get on that list if you're not. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com or get on our website under uh, sign-up resources on our website. Yes. You can send us a form that will put you on our mailing list. Sign up for resources there. Okay, so here's the questions we sent out earlier today. Number one, list some of the kinds of sins that people have trouble overcoming. And is there a common thread linking those kinds of sins, those recurring sins, the ones people have trouble overcoming? Okay. Number two, as we battle these recurring sins in our lives, what can we gain by studying our own personal history about the development and progression of such sins? Mm-hmm. And then number three, comment on these suggestions. Here's some suggestions for dealing with persistent sins. Uh, we'll talk about considering the evil consequences. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about remembering the benefits of faithful service to God, prayer, 
focus on God's promises, get help from others, replace the bad practice with a good one. So you suggested so, some so we, ways here's, to And help. there may be more. The final question was, you know, I've suggested six things that I think can help there yes. uh, and want comments on each of those. But I'm not saying that's a full list. There may yeah. be other things that some people could add to that list. So do you have other helpful ways of dealing with recurring sins? Mm-hmm. But that's the topic we want to discuss tonight. Recurring oh. sin, the sin that seems so hard to overcome. The sin I can't seem to overcome. What do you think about that? Let us know tonight in the chat room. Uh, the phone line is 877-381-4567. That's toll free, and uh, you can call that number anytime. We'd like to hear from you, or you can send us an email at any time to questions at collegeview.com because we realize that a majority of you are listening to us in the archive, and we're glad that you are. Appreciate you for uh, pulling out the podcast there or uh, manually downloading our audio from our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We appreciate you, even if you are listening in uh, the archived version tonight. We appreciate your time, and we hope that this is a beneficial study for you. All right, we have, uh, in regards to our first question, what are some of the sins people have trouble overcoming? Uh, our friend Chris in Atlanta has sent in several suggestions. I have a list, and his list is pretty similar to mine. Okay. Pornography, drinking, lying, foul language, slothfulness. Mm, that's interesting. Not actively sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. gossiping, not giving. Mm-hmm. I had some of those same ones. Uh, I had... You know, you think he had drinking, I had alcohol and drugs. You know, I think when you think of things that people are sort of addicted to, mm-hmm. the first things that come to mind, drugs and alcohol. Right. Uh, because people do get physically dependent upon those. They allow themselves to get involved in those sinful practices, and then then there's a physical addiction that takes place. Uh, I would include in there using tobacco because it is the nicotine in the tobacco that addicts you okay. to, to the So alcohol, drugs, smoking, mm-hmm. certainly pornography. Chris missed, mentioned pornography. Right. Uh, they t- All the statistics indicate that pornography is the fastest growing addiction right. in the modern world. Right. Uh, and no doubt the medium that we're talking over tonight, the Internet, which we're trying to use for something, you know, we haven't we've always sort of had a, as a. As a slogan line, use your computer for something good. Right, that's been in a long regards time, yep. to the virtual Bible study. There are a lot of people using their computers for something bad, right. And, right. and and that's just there's just been an explosion in pornography because right. of the access that the internet has made right. available. Right. Unfortunately, uh, he, Chris mentioned foul language. I've, I called it cussing. You know, some people. I think that's a that's a sort of a that's a misnomer there. Too. I think it's cursing. We no, say no in the south. We oh, cuss. it's cussing. We're, we're cussing. Okay, okay. We're cussing. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, you know, there's some people who can't seem to carry on a conversation without using curse words. Right. Uh, and and I got to believe that's sort of an addictive thing. You know, you get in. At least it's a it's it's a habit that some people it's have habit, trouble yes, shaking. Yes. Yes. Uh, gossip. Chris mentioned gossip. Some people just cannot refrain from. Having something to tell, you know, I want to be able to tell that story. Uh, money, the pursuit of material possessions. Uh-huh. Some people are overwhelmed with materialism, can't seem to quit it. That's sort of a recurring uh, uh, cyclical thing as well. Uh, Solomon described it that way. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris's list is so similar to mine. He mentioned slothfulness. I called it laziness. Uh, some men who can't seem to hold a job, some women who can't seem to do a minimum of of housework, you know, laziness. I think that's a habit people get into, and and the Bible condemns that sort of thing for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, strife. I, I added strife. Did you, you, you said you did not have slothfulness on your list. I had laziness. You did. Slothful. Yeah, I did. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, strife and arguing. Some people argue every point. You can't hardly bring something up yeah, what I they don't want to argue the point. Well, um, some people can't seem to. Get their career, their job in proper perspective, mm-hmm. and so you know they they get. This is the, that's on the opposite spectrum of your slothfulness there. Yeah, exactly. But and here's one: food. You know, yeah. people typically like to bring that up when they're trying to excuse some of their other sins. They say, "Well, I'm you know I may drink beer, but you eat too much." Right. Well, we're saying that food can be an, an addictive problem, hard to manage, hard to overcome. Yes. I don't think it's fair to compare it to alcoholism. Uh, 
the thing that we often say the difference between food and alcohol is I don't have to drink any alcohol to live. I do have to eat some food to live. And so there's a difference there. Yeah. And, and so I don't think that those are fair comparisons, but there's just a long list of things, uh, that, and you might think of, uh, of others, but do you see any thread there, Jacob? Do you see any commonality in, in the kind of things that we mentioned? Well, I think it, the, 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 these are, would be lust of the flesh, uh, Typically here. A lot of them are. I think that's right. Chris said he thinks the common thread is a rebellious attitude toward God. That would be in there for sure. Mm -hmm. I think maybe that that a commonality here of all these things is selfishness. Me. That's true. You know, I want want what I want. I want to serve self. Isn't that? I want to gratify self. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and uh, that's that's really Isn't that. But that probably could be said of any sin, couldn't it? <coughs> yeah, I think. Isn't it's any isn't every sin uh, based in selfishness, Monty? I mean, you know, I don't. Uh, well, I don't work too hard because I, I, mean, I don't have trouble, you know, working too hard in my career because I want to give my money to help you out, Monty. I mean, that's not too much of a temptation. Typically, I don't know. Maybe there's some sins you would say don't hinge on selfishness. I would suggest that maybe the sin that we're having trouble seem to keeps recurring in our life is because we don't want to get over it bad enough. We enjoy it too much. I heard that gets back to selfishness. Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, a preacher exactly. one time talk about you need to get your want tos in order if you're going to serve God. Uh, we serve God typically the way we want to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and so I mean that's it's sort of a subjective analysis. What's behind all this? There's lots of sins that people commit. But some of them seem to be recurring, and in in, why would they recur? Because it's doing something for me that I like. We enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we, we talk about this from time to time, and I think the really good verse that, that brings out, there, there is a pleasure in, yeah. in committing some kinds of sin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 is speaking of Moses, verse 24, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yeah. So you know, even the Bible acknowledges there's a, there's an immediate gratification, a pleasure that comes by committing sins, at least some sorts of sins, and you know that's that's not deniable. So I think a lot of the kind of thing you think about alcohol, drugs, tobacco, you think about. Um, uh, gossiping or laziness, uh, materialism. There's a gratification there in yeah. all of those kind of things. So I, I think, and I wouldn't argue, I wouldn't argue at all with Chris's analysis that uh, there's a rebelliousness toward God. Sure, that's, that, that, that's, that's inherent that's, in any sin, right? Right, right, right. But it seems to me that a lot of the kind of sins that we're talking about tonight, these recurring kind of sins, also have the have the the common factor of it gratifies my desires. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not like eating your, eating broccoli, Monty. If sin was like eating broccoli, we'd be less uh, likely to do it. If sin was like eating broccoli, I would never do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like the donuts, see, though. That uh, could be different. Yeah, that yeah. could be different. All right. uh, Kevin in the chat room agrees that this, that sin is primarily selfishness. Jack agrees with Monty. We have to want to overcome sin, uh, and if we want to bad enough, we can overcome sin. And that's what we're going to develop. I think maybe probably, Jake, we should go to our first break. We've kind of identified the kind of things we're talking about, uh, and so let's let's when we come back from the break, we'll talk about how we can overcome these sins. What are some of the things that'll help us overcome? All right, we'll take a break and we'll get your thoughts on the other side of the break. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. What about the sins I can't seem to overcome? Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. There's more of the virtual Bible study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. 
It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The secret of life is to fall seven times and to get up eight times. The best index of a person's character is how he treats people who can't do him any good and how he treats people who can't fight back. When you know better, you should do better. Learn from the mistakes of others. You can never live long enough to make them all yourself. Man, wish I'd said that. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. And we are back on the program tonight talking about those sins that I can't seem to overcome. Let us know your thoughts. And if you're in the chat room, the chat room is starting to fill up now. We'll look forward to hearing from you. Got some latecomers in there, and uh, you can make up for being late by sending your comments there in the chat room. All if right. you're not signed in, it's easy. Follow the instructions at the bottom of the chat window. All right, Jacob, we we uh, talked about what some of the kind of sins are that we, we have under consideration tonight. So the second question I asked was, as we battle these recurring sins in our lives, what can we gain by studying our own personal history about the development and progression of such sins? All right. What I had in mind there was how did that get started? You know, okay. what got me started doing that? And then what kind of things keep me hooked? Okay. What kind of things keep drawing me in? Well, that, that was the idea. Chris picked up on what you were getting at there because he says this uh, biggest thing we can gain is learning what triggered and continues to trigger the desire to commit these sins. Yeah, that's exactly Chris is thinking right along the same lines as me tonight. Um, you know, typically these sins don't develop overnight. These kind of problems that we we battle and we just keep battling and just keep it it doesn't develop overnight. Uh, sin is a progressive sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, what we need to realize is don't take the first step in that direction. That's right. That's right. Uh, if I never, if I, if I just never took the first drink of alcohol, I wouldn't have to worry about being right. an alcoholic or a right. drunk. If I never smoked the first cigarette, I'd never have to worry about quitting right. tobacco. Right. If I never, uh, allowed myself to to get that first view of pornography, then I wouldn't have to fight to overcome right. the continuing temptation to go back and look for more. Right. Um, if I never used foul language the first time, if I never said a curse word that first time, then I wouldn't later have to come back and try to figure out how I could clear that out of my mind and stop using that kind of language. So all of those kind of things... Um, you know, I, I think the first time a person does some of those sort of things, they they are shocked. You know, mm-hmm. first time you started using a cuss word, that shocked you, or the first time that you allowed yourself to get on the internet and turned your browser in the direction of a pornographic right. website, it was shocking. Right. You know? uh, well, that that should tell you something. You know, right. you, you shouldn't go there the first time. You sure you, you certainly should realize that. Allowing yourself to go back in those same directions is an addictive process that you've got to stop. Right. So the the first thing is to realize that sin progresses. Notice mm-hmm. in James chapter one, mm-hmm. James chapter one, beginning verse fourteen, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Um, you see a progression there. You see it starts and then it gets a little bigger and a little stronger and it grows and grows. Finally, it results in spiritual death. Yes. You know, to me, you know, a parallel that we might draw is sort of like weeds in a garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one, I see it there, but it doesn't seem too bad. Right. The yeah. next day or two, there's a few more. And in a week or so, it's getting pretty bad. And in two weeks, it's completely taken over my garden. Yeah. You know, if, if I don't... If I don't stop it at its starting point, then I I run the risk of, of this recurring problem. So yeah, that's an interesting analogy. It's sort of similar to what Jesus said in the parable of sower, where uh, the 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 seed fell upon the uh, the the uh, the thorny ground, where uh, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to per- perfection. Jesus considered uh, compared uh, these pleasures or these sins. To the thorns, where they they sort of do grow up uh, gradually. You don't, uh, I don't know about your garden, Monty, but typically your garden doesn't. Uh, you don't just go to bed one night, looks good, wake up the next night or the next day, and there's 
bleeds as high as your chest. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight, but, but you can see it coming. Yeah. And so you got to cut it off. You right. got to head it off. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, a lot of times talking to people who, especially young people who've had some situations, you know, that they that they regret. You know, you ask them, well, are there are there certain people, for instances, that that are always presenting these temptations. Yeah, yeah, there are those people. Are there certain situations that you get into that cause this to happen? Yeah, there, you know, there are certain situations where I go, places I go, the things I do that mm-hmm. that bring this on. Well, you know, it doesn't take a degree in rocket science or, or brain surgery to say, well, you know, wouldn't it seem then that distancing yourself from those people and avoiding those places and circumstances would be a big step in the right direction. Is stop. We can get rid of some of this. Yeah, Monty. I used to go to church with a person who was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and he said one of the things they taught them in Alcoholics Anonymous is that if you're going to change toys, you also have to change playmates. If you keep going back to play with the same people, you're going to be involved in those same things over and over again. You you can't get away from it. So if whatever the sin is in your life, his specific one was alcoholism. But you've got to avoid those people that help lead you in that direction. So you've got to change friends. If you know if if it's the friends you've got now is leading you in this sinful direction, then you need to get away from them. You're going to have to change friends. You need to get righteous friends rather than sinful friends. Monty, that goes back to what you were saying about uh, do we really want to get over these sins? Yeah. If I want to get over this sense, I'm going to be willing to change friends. Okay. Yeah, uh, but, you know, uh, I think a lot of people just think that they're strong enough to handle it, you know, that, that they can deal with it, uh, but they're not. And and it, the Bible warns us about the effect of evil companions. Yep. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, be not deceived, evil communications. Some versions say evil companions corrupt good morals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're around bad people, they will ultimately wear us down. Now, th- there's an old there's an old uh, illustration of this. Uh, uh, this young lady was talking to the preacher about her boyfriend and that she was going to marry him. The boy was not a Christian, wasn't even interested in religious things, but uh, she she was sure that she could convert him after they were married. Mm-hmm. And so the preacher said, well, he says, let me let me try something here. And he, he had her stand up on a footstool and he said, try to pull me up to where you are. And she couldn't. Yeah. And then with one simple tug, he pulled her off of that footstool. Right. It's easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. And if we're around bad people, we're we're almost certainly going to have trouble influencing them. If, I mean, certainly we want to be an influence on people and bring them to, uh, to the Lord. But if we're with them in the in, in in the circumstance and in the situation and in the the moment of sin with them, they're going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot easier for them to bring us down than us. Bring and them you're up. never going to be an influence on others if you're not living right yourself. So if they're causing you to to sin uh, by your association with them, then you might as well hang it up. You're not going to influence them for good. Yeah. Uh, so you need to get out of the situation. And it can get pretty far gone. In in uh, Ephesians 4, beginning verse 17, Paul said, Walk not as other Gentiles walk, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. You, you see how far it can get. I mean, yeah. just sort of give up. He, he even says uh, past feeling, yeah. given over to these sins. We can't allow that to happen. And so what we need to do is we need to resolve to not let future sins take root like that. Uh, the kind of sins we're talking about tonight, the addictions and so forth, they got that way because we didn't heed the admonitions of Scripture to avoid sin at all costs. Uh, we just need to be smart about that. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Jack in the chat room says uh, we must all get our bodies and mind under control. It's not easy, but it is something we must do if we want to please the Master. Thank you, Jack, for those comments. Uh, Jack also says most of the time we can see ahead of our weaknesses. We should eliminate some temptations by not putting ourselves into compromising situations. He says if I'm tempted to look on a woman to lust, then maybe I shouldn't go to the beach during the month of June. Uh, don't walk or don't walk, but run like Joseph did when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. We must stay clear of situations where we know we're going to be tempted. I think that, I think that example of Joseph is a great one. Yes. You know, he, he knew the temptation. 
the, the thing you got to realize as that story is being told is that it would have been easy for him right. to surrender to the temptation that Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife was putting before him. And w- when the temptation got to the boiling point, so to speak, he ran to get away well, from it. Well, we see somebody there who didn't want to sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus uh, Monty, the one you said, uh, you know, sometimes maybe we want to. James 4, verse 7, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Uh, I, a really powerful verse. I think maybe we would do good to have this stuck on the refrigerator. Right. You know, yeah. Romans thirteen fourteen. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Yes. You know, that's a real simple concept. If I'm on a diet, I don't keep a seven-layer yep. chocolate cake in the middle of the kitchen table, and I have to walk past it right. several times a day right. and look at it. Right. Because uh, sooner or later, probably sooner, I'm going to eat a piece of that chocolate cake. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do if I'm on a diet is I put the chocolate cake away. I don't even have it available to yeah. me. Yeah. And so the things that I have a weakness about, I need to put those away, not have them available. Don't make a provision for the flesh. Don't make it accessible. Yep. And I really think that's what Paul's saying there. Make no provision for the flesh yep. uh, to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't make it easy for us to do the things we're having trouble overcoming. And I like a verse you referenced Sunday night in your sermon, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 16. I thought this was very, uh, very uh, appropriate here. A wise man fears and departs from evil. We need to be afraid yeah. of, uh, of, of sin. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, there's there's no there's no shame in being afraid of sin, and we need to we need to be afraid of it and run from it like we would uh, well anything else. I think that's exactly right. You know, if we're honest with ourselves, we're going to give ourselves an accurate evaluation of ourselves, and I'm going to understand what my weaknesses are. They, like you said earlier, they may not be the same as you, but I know what I need to give my honest evaluation of what my weaknesses are, and then guide myself and discipline myself to avoid those things that causes me to give in to those weaknesses. Yeah, Paul said a very good point, Monty. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. And that kind of self-examination is is really necessary. Spiritually, we need to know ourselves well and 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 be realistic. You know, I am weak in that area. And you just and own up to that yeah. and then make special uh uh, effort to avoid the the area where I know I'm weak. Right. Stay away from it. Yeah. Like just like you would the plague. Yeah. You're, you're afraid of it. And that gets back to I think where the scripture talks about confessing our faults one to another. If I know I'm weak in a certain area, I can tell you why we're together as hey, and if we're, maybe we're going to be going by that somehow. Another say, no, I'm weak in this area. I'm going to need help. Well, you can help to watch out for me and guide me away from those things. So, and, yeah. and and I really do think, I think you're right, Mike. I think confession is a tool that God gave us for mm-hmm. our strength. Right. Uh, uh, why, why do we need to confess our sins? Because we can get strength from it. If I confess my area of weakness to you, Monty, then, then you can help hold me accountable for dealing with that in my life. And I think that's... Uh, Necessary. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, Jack has uh, been uh, adding some comments here. Uh, we uh, must study the Bible, what the Bible says about the things that tempt us. Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are far less likely to sin if we have a clear understanding of the Bible. Uh, oh boy, they're coming in. They're sliding me off the screen of the Bible's teaching concerning those things that tempt us. Uh, Kevin adds, uh, the adversary is already trying to put temptation into our lives. We don't need to assist him. And yeah, Kevin, right there. I, I was thinking in line with what Kevin has said there. Second uh, Corinthians 2, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Yes. I think Kevin is exactly right. Uh, the adversary is already trying to put temptation before us. Don't assist him he's got lots of devices he's got lots of means at his disposal but we know what they are it's not like he's catching us by surprise we didn't realize that that would happen i didn't know that if i went to a pornographic movie i would see that kind of stuff and it would addict me i didn't know that well why didn't you know that you know the word ignorant there's probably a Fairly appropriate. Are you just ignorant? You thought you could look at that stuff? You thought you could drink that alcohol? You thought you, thought you could take those drugs yeah. and, and not get yeah. affected by it? Yeah, right. Stupid might be a more stupid, appropriate Yeah, word. stupid no. might be better than ignorant. Yeah, yeah, I don't think either of them apply. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Let's see. Jack says, one of our greatest temptations is to flirt with temptation. We know that we must avoid sin, yet we are drawn by its pleasures. Jesus warned against allowing our minds to dwell on sin. And uh, Jack is right. Sometimes we try and see. Uh, we'll, we'll just try and get a little taste of it. We don't really want to sin, but we just sort of want to see how close we can get. And, uh, I don't really want to fall off the cliff, but I'd really want to look over the edge. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. And uh, and so we get close as we can, and then we fall. Uh, Kevin says uh, he agrees. I put. Uh, he says put uh, or, uh, put items that might tempt me far away from me. So we got we've got to do that. Um, uh, Jack references James four verse seventeen. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your minds, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. All right. Good comments there tonight. Uh, Jack and uh, Kevin are working uh, hard in the chat room. hard and helping out the discussion. We'd yeah. like for you to as well. We'll take a break. When we get back, you've got some suggestions. Yeah, I, I came up with six suggestions for dealing with persistent sins, and we're going to talk about those then, and then see if you've got any, if anybody's got some that they can add to the list. We'll look for your comments in the chat room over email questions at collegeview.com and on the phone at 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Got a question about something you've heard on the virtual Bible study? Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. We'll be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. So you disagree about something said or done or proposed in the local church. No surprise. Disagreements have been noted among Christians dating all the way back to the very first congregation in Jerusalem. The real issue is this. How are you going to address those disagreements? Let us suggest these necessary things. First, you must be ready to explain why you disagree. It is not enough to simply say, I disagree, without giving good, sound, and logical reasons for your disagreement. You should also be ready to provide an alternate interpretation, plan, method, etc. Unfortunately, there are some who just seem intent upon opposing everything that comes up in the work of a local congregation. There's no real reason for their disagreement other than the fact that they are just disagreeable people. That sort of objection is unproductive and just plain wrong. Second, you must determine if the issue is a doctrinal one. God's word must be consulted, and if it can be shown that something being done, taught, or planned is unscriptural, then it must be opposed with great strength and determination. There can be no compromise of the truth. Paul's approach to such things was this, quote, We gave place by subjection, no not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue. Galatians 2, verse 5. Notice in that quote that there's no room for subjection in regards to doctrinal issues, but that leads to our final point. When there is no matter of truth or righteousness at stake, we should be ready to submit to the authorized judgments of others. It does not always have to be my way. I can yield, and I should. We are told to, quote, be subject to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble, 1 Peter 5, verse 5. And so disagreements are nothing new. We can expect them to surface from time to time. But how are we going to address them? That is the question. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgardner. My family and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Please join us. Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and worship with us at any of our meeting times, 9.30 Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday evening. And 7 o'clock Wednesday evenings, we would welcome you at any of those services. If you have any questions about anything you've heard on any edition of the Virtual Bible Study, we would welcome your comments or your questions. We'd also welcome your suggestions for topics of uh, discussion on future editions of the Virtual Bible Study at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Email us questions at collegeview.com. We'll look forward to hearing from you soon. We're talking about that sin that I can't seem to overcome on the program tonight. Let us know what you think as we talk about uh, suggestions for dealing with Well, these. Dave, you know, the, some of the things we've been talking about uh, are fine for future sins, you know, uh, uh, Okay, thankfully, I'm not addicted to alcohol. Right. I never drank alcohol. And so I'm not going to let that sin get a hold of me. Right. You know, so uh, that uh, so I know uh, what to okay. do. Yeah. I know from some of the things we've talked about already, I know what to do to keep from getting into some of the sins that some people have problems with. Right. What do I do with the ones that are already that that, that are already in there in my heart and, you know, that, that are I'm already battling? In other words, I. I understand the principles set forth thus far. Here's what you do to keep from getting in those situations, you know, yes. get, get those sins started in your life. 
But what about the ones that have that are already started? They've already yes. got their roots dug down into my heart, and I'm having trouble. What do I do with those? All right. Let us know your thoughts. We want to hear from you. Uh, one of the uh, suggestions that Jack offers in the chat room, he says, I'm so glad to have brethren for support. I don't know how believers in Jesus Christ can be successful without support of godly men and women. They must think they don't need to be a member of a local church or uh, they think they don't have to attend with any regularity. Where is the sense in this? So Jack says, use your brethren for support. Well, that was one of my suggestions. So yes. let's let's go to that one first. Okay. Get help from others was one of the things that I suggested that we ought to do. Yes. Uh, this goes along the lines that Monty was mentioning earlier about confession. Uh, James 5.16, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the hindrances that we have to overcome in getting help from from our brethren is, man, I'm kind of embarrassed. You know, yeah. I'm embarrassed for them to know that I'm that this is this is a weakness that I have. I'm embarrassed to tell somebody, for instance, that I'm having trouble with pornography, or I'm embarrassed to tell someone, uh, you know, that uh, I, I, I've kind of gotten hooked on drinking a beer you know uh and or I'm, I'm real i got a problem with jealousy or i'm or, or i'm a bad gossip or you know any of the things that we mentioned earlier i'm i'm a i, I hesitate to tell it because i'm embarrassed about it well kevin in the chat room says uh he, he he says he does agree with jack on the idea of of the church being for support but he says however we don't really get very specific to with our brethren regarding what sins give us the most trouble yeah and i think that's right kevin and, and one of the things that i've dealt with through the years, you know, we extend the invitation at the end of our services and someone comes forward and, you know, one of the things that I've sort of had trouble knowing how to handle is, so maybe this, maybe it's a young person, they come forward and say, you know, yeah, I've been drinking some, you know, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble with that. Uh, I think initially I was more prone to just sort of generalize the sin when reporting, you know, so then typically the preacher gets up and tells the congregation that this brother or sister is, you know, having a problem and they've asked for our prayers, it, but you'd be real generic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, I've, if, if the person confesses a specific to me, I've decided that the thing to do is to, and, and it, you can even ask them, you know, is it okay if I say that this is what you're, the problem you're dealing with. I think there's great benefit to being specific. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you are specific to your brethren, almost certainly there's going to be somebody else who will come to you later and say, I've fought that same thing. Right. And, and here's what I'm doing maybe to overcome that. But I do think the confessing needs to be specific if we want to get specific help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there's, there's value. There's value to confessing. Yes, and, and I'm I'm convinced that that's why God told us to do so. And uh, Jack and uh, Kevin are concurring that uh, we need to be closer to our brethren, and one way we can do that is through hospitality. So appreciate that discussion there. If you're not signed in the chat room, you want to be there uh, where you can follow along with the discussion there. Monty is uh, raising his hand. I think part of the problem to go along with being embarrassed is there's a good bit of pride involved in that because we don't want anybody to think that we might be less than perfect. But we need to realize uh, that everybody that. else already knows that. Yeah. This isn't a surprise. Yeah. So we can go ahead and get that out of the way yeah. and go ahead and confess what we need and tell people what we need to tell about to get the help that we need. That's right. Yeah, I think you're right, Money. Okay. Right. All right. Um, so one of the things that was on the list was get help from others. And, and I think that's very, very helpful and can certainly you know, be a resource to dealing with these mm-hmm. sins. Uh, well, let's see. What did... Uh, uh, our friend Chris in Atlanta says, I guess it would depend on the sin you're struggling with. Talking to someone about it could be a help. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you think that there are ever any kind of sins that wouldn't be benefited by confessing it, getting the help of a, of someone else? Uh, well. I don't um, know. I, I mean, that's just a thought that came to mind. I'm just throwing that out. Is there any kind of a sin that would be better not revealed to someone else? For their help. The Bible never, I don't think the Bible makes any exceptions or exclusions there on things. It was some, there are some sins, obviously, that are just between me and God. Nobody knows about it but me and God. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves the option up to me. I don't have to reveal that to anybody else. Right. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta confess it to God and I gotta pray for yeah. his forgiveness. Yeah. 
I don't have to tell anybody else, but I, I can't think of any kind of a sin that might not be benefited if I did tell someone else. But you might want to be careful who you told. Exactly right. There might, it might not be of any You got to use some judgment as to, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm having trouble with alcohol, for instance, maybe I don't talk about that to someone that I think could be influenced in a negative way. Right. If they found out that I'm struggling with this, it might weaken them. It caused them to, it might put a stumbling block before them. Right. So I think you do have to use some judgment. Right. Okay. All right. All Uh, right. Uh, Backing up on our list, what about considering the evil consequences? I think one of the things that can help us overcome sin is if if we realize that it's not working. This is not working out real good. And initially I thought I wanted to do it because I got some instant gratification for doing it. Mm -hmm. But now I realize, man, this is causing all kind of trouble in my life. Mm -hmm. All kind of evil consequences are coming down on my head because I'm, because I'm continuing in this sin. Yes. And so, you know, sin bears consequences and, and they are horrible. Uh, uh, Of course, we'll talk about the spiritual consequences here in a minute. Many sins, not all, but many sins bring a real uh, negative consequence in this present life. And I need to realize that. You're uh, you're talking here about, well, in the psychological world, they would call this uh, uh, negative association or, uh, it just slipped me here, Uh, but the the idea that uh, you associate the bad with the activity and that uh, aversion therapy. Oh, is that what? Oh, yeah, wow! Yeah, aversion very, therapy. Very good. Yeah, uh, have you been to your strength lately? No, 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 no. I'm just oh. no. But uh, <laughs> th- th- you, th- this this is a, uh, a technique for uh, getting someone to uh, overcome uh, smoking or drinking or uh, drug use. Uh, there's some there's some ways that they can get to people to uh, to get really sick with something, and then there there's an aversion to it. For instance, I mean, there you, you have you've had this problem. Maybe if you've ever had food poisoning. That food that got you sick. You don't want any more of that. You don't want that for a long time until that memory goes away. Yeah. And if you can if you can associate the negative with the, the sin, then you can overcome it because you realize how terrible and evil it is. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things. Concentrate on, focus on, the, this, this is not working out well. No. Yeah, this sin that I'm doing has really costed me a lot yeah. in, in, the pres, in this present life. Yeah. Family issues. Yeah. yeah. Job issues, you know, all kinds of health issues are associated with a lot of these things. It's just, it's just, but then of course, the ultimate evil consequence is that the sin separates us from God and puts us in an undone spiritual condition. In Isaiah 59 verses 1 2, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. you know, uh, can you imagine? Maybe here's something that might help picture picture how elated Satan is when he gets us right. to do this sin again. Right. right. You know, uh, he, he's just got to be rejoicing. Ha! <laughs> Look at that guy. You know, he, I got him again. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know, I've been pulling this trick on him for the last 15 years, and he just keeps doing it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Satan's got to be delighted. God's got to be, uh, you know, crushed by our failure. Uh, we, we need to realize I th- if we could just picture how horrifying sin really is, and the and the terrible impact it has, and you know how it, you know Joseph. I think Jack brought up about Joseph earlier. The famous statement there in Genesis 37, when Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife, he said, "How can I do this great evil and sin against God?" Right. Joseph did not want. To hurt God, right? And if we could keep that in mind, we would do well. So, Our, Psalm ninety-seven, verse ten says, "Ye that love the Lord hate evil." And I think that gets down to the root of it here. We've got to develop this hatred of the, the sin that we're struggling with. All right, and that's a problem in our society because we're so inundated with evil all the time. Every advertisement on TV, bulletin boards going down the road, quite often the music we listen to right. that we're not really don't. Ha- Evil, it doesn't disgust us like it ought to. Yeah. We're, we're so used to it that uh, that don't really bother and, us. And, and our culture it doesn't bother us anymore because our culture is so saturated with yeah, it. Yeah, and our culture glamorizes yeah. sin. You know, you'd be cool if you did that, and it makes it harder. So we got to think of the evil consequences. Jacob, I think we're up to break. We Let's take this break. break, and then we'll, we'll talk about a few more ideas and get if, if there's any input that others have. Um, 
then uh, we'll get those two. But we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up in our last segment. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study goes to the top of the hour right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. For marijuana advocates, the last 12 months have been a period of unprecedented success as Washington and Colorado became the first states to legalize recreational use of marijuana. And now for the first time, a clear majority of Americans, 58%, say the drug should be legalized. This is in sharp contrast to the time Gallup first asked the question in 1969, when only 12% favored legalization. A sizable percentage of Americans, 38% this year, admitted to having tried the drug, which may be a contributing factor to greater acceptance. Americans 65 and older are the only age group that still opposes legalizing marijuana. Still, support among this group has jumped 14 percentage points since 2011. In contrast, 67% of Americans aged 18 to 29 back legalization. All that information is via Gallup.com. The Word of God says in Jeremiah 6, verse 15, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not ashamed, neither could they blush. How about logging off of Facebook and getting into God's book? The virtual Bible study continues. We're back, and those are some shocking statistics there, and certainly we do see a trend. And uh, well, Because it goes in line with what we're talking about, addictive kind of behaviors that people get involved in certain sins, and it hooks them. Yeah, and uh, well, there you go. And uh, that's uh, that's the society we live in. We've got to be careful and on guard against it. As we talk about those sins that we can't seem to overcome, how can we uh, deal with them? Uh, uh, Kevin in the chat room says we need to remember that sin is equal to blackness, opposite of God. It's deadly. It's evil, etc. Think, see it how for how bad it is. Jack says telling uh, them as we sin. Uh, such as having an accountability partner may help us not to sin as often. Tricia in the chat room says, when you tell someone your sin, such as arrogance or conceit, brothers and sisters in God will help you to point out times of backslide as you give them permission to know you want to avoid the sin. Uh, so good comments there. Um, all right. Um, all right. So we t- we've talked about two two suggestions. Confess to others. Get help from them. Consider the evil consequences. In regard to considering evil consequences, Chris in Atlanta says, uh, when we realize and truly believe that sin can cause us to spend eternity in hell, then we may gain the motivation to resist. Yes. I think that's right. right. Uh, so here's the other side of that coin. We said, think about the bad that comes from sin, the evil consequences. Mm-hmm. How about seeing the benefits of living the way God wants you to, the benefits of faithful service to God? Um, 1 Peter 3, 10 and 11, He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Yeah. Let him seek peace and ensue it. You know, this is the good life. Living the way God wants us to live is actually yeah. the good life. That's what, you know, uh, God didn't make the rules just to be hard on us to see if he could make it so we couldn't live up to his standard. Yeah. He, he put the rules out there because he knew what was in our best interest. Right. And that's the good life. So if you want to love life and see good days, do live the will of God in your life. Concentrate on the fact that that's good. Think about the people you know who are really happy in this life. Mm-hmm. The people that I know, in my experience, the people who, who have the most happy, satisfying, and fulfilling life are faithful Christians. Yeah. 
not the people of the world who are chasing after all the sinful things that they can consume upon themselves. Right, right. So, um, we, so we need to see living for God as where the true benefit and the true, true pleasure is. Uh, rather than these uh, these temporal things that the Satan offers us. The book of Ecclesiastes is such a neat study. King Solomon, probably the richest man who ever lived, mm-hmm. and who had at his disposal anything he wanted to gratify himself. And he tried it all. He tried it all. And at the end, he said, after he tried every possible way to gratify himself, he came back to the conclusion, Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Right. That's what life's really about. Psalm yes. said, I've tried everything else, but I realize what it's really about is living for God. All right. 877-381-4567. We need to see the benefits of faithful service to God. Um, and we've got to understand uh, that uh, these instructions are for our good. Why wouldn't you do them if they're for your good? Let us know your thoughts. Um Moving along pretty quickly here, we need to pray. I think certainly prayer is a benefit in dealing with any sinful problem that we have. We ought to pray. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did you see that? Pray about it. And there's a promise that, that God will help us in response to our prayers. James chapter 5, verse 15 says it as well. I know there's some controversy about whether that's a physical or uh, spiritual uh, ailment. You and I believe that it is a spiritual ailment. And if so, then it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I think, course, I think in the context it's sp- the spiritually, spiritually sick. Spiritually sick, right. Yeah, and yeah. so there's, there, there's your promise. And uh, the promise is it'll save the sick, it'll, the Lord will raise them up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Prayer is our tool. We need to use it. Exactly right. So prayer, certainly we need to pray. I mean, that, that's, you know, as we sometimes say, that's, that, that should be a no-brainer. If I'm having trouble with sin, I need to pray to God about the sin I'm dealing with. And, and there's a promise that he will help and, and strengthen us and, and uh, respond favorably in our prayers. And it will help us uh, to see that way of escape, he promised in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Yeah, that's that's the, the the next point I wanted to go to, Jacob. Focus on God's promises. God promised that we can. Yeah. You know, that's what I had in mind when I said focus on God's promises. Uh, he said that we can overcome sin. Uh, you, you mentioned 1 Corinthians 10, verse 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I say 33? Do I mean 13? First Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is yes. faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that to your able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Yes. So we need to focus on that promise. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, at verse 13, the apostle Paul said, I can do all, this is Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It's got to have a spiritual uh, uh, perspective on it. So, you know, for for anybody who says, I just can't, I can't stop doing this sin. It's it's beyond my power to overcome it. No. God said he wouldn't let you be tempted above your power. Paul gave the example, you can do it. Christ will strengthen you, and you can do it if you will. Monty? You know, quite often when we're talking about that way of escape, we don't find that way of escape because we didn't look for it. I know last weekend we went to go feed the cows and we opened up a gate where they could come in to where we had all the hay stacked up. Mm-hmm. And they were still trying to push through the fence because they wasn't, they were so used to not having that open gate that they wasn't looking for it to get in. And we finally convinced them and showed them how they could get in there. But they didn't take advantage of that opening because they weren't looking for it. And we're not going to take advantage of that way of escape that God has promised that he would provide us if we're not looking for it. If we're so wrapped up in this sin and or maybe even so overwhelmed by it, but we've got to look for that way of escape, and we've got to trust that what God said is true, that it's there, and then start looking for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Kevin in uh, Atlanta, a couple of things he says concerning the benefits of faithful service. We must truly believe that there are benefits to faithful service. We tend to be short-sighted, live for the moment. Uh, pray. He says when you're tempted to sin, it's much harder to do the sin while you're talking to God. I think that's a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. You know, two Two things we've talked about. You know, I'm uh, in areas where I'm weak. I'm not weak when I'm around God's people. Right. In areas where I'm weak, I'm not weak when I'm praying. Mm-hmm. So th- that ought to, that ought to tell you immediately that those are a couple of powerful ways to overcome uh, some sin. 
And then one more thing that, that and we're going to run out of time real quick, but one more thing I suggest is you got to replace the bad practice with a good one. Um, Kevin, I mean, uh, Chris in Atlanta says it's that's easier said than done, but I think it is something we got to work on. Yes. You know, if I find that in my downtime, uh, that, that I, or, or maybe in the time I spend with certain friends or the yep. time I spend in certain places that I'm particularly weak and I and keep recurring in sin, then I need to change that. If, if, if being with these friends tempts me, then replace that by being with some good friends. Mm-hmm. If being in that circumstance tempts me, then stay out of that one and get in another circumstance right. where I'm stronger. Right. And so, you know, replace the bad with the good. Yes. All right. Uh, there's a, there's a parable that Jesus taught that is sometimes I think it's a tough one, but I think it teaches this principle. Luke chapter 11, beginning verse 24, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return into my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished and he goes in and he takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Yeah. He didn't, you know, uh, I think the concept, that's, that's a tough parable, I think. I think the concept yeah, of is. it is that you got to replace the bad with the good. Yeah. If you can't just say, I'm going to quit doing that. Well, I'm not doing anything positive, and so I leave an opening for that negative to come back in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another verse that uh, teaches similar concepts, Romans 13, you referenced verse 14 already, but verses 12 and 13, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. There's that, that contrasting thing, replacing one with the other. Verse 13, let us walk honestly in the day. As in the day, and not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. So walking honestly versus walking uh, in, the, in the fleshly manner first in Romans 13, verse 13, and verse 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fill us thereof. So there again, we see, and we see it over and over in the scriptures, the idea of don't do this, but do this. Okay. And then uh, real quickly, as we run out of time here, I thought a good comment from Chris in Atlanta other helpful ways of dealing with recurring sin. He said, I think the best way to deal with a persistent sin is to make sure you do not put yourself in a position to where it would be easy to do that sin. For example, if you struggle with pornography, then make sure you do not have access to it when you are alone by staying away from the computer. If you have an issue with gossiping, then try and not associate with other gossips. I firmly believe that under the right circumstances, physically, mentally, and emotionally, anyone will do almost anything. David, Bathsheba, Peter denying Christ. In other words, he said, you put yourself in a bad situation. Right. Even the strongest people have proved that in the wrong situation, right. they can't make David and Peter both. Yes. David with Bathsheba, Peter denying Christ. That's yep. a really good point. Yep. Consequently, we must always be on guard and ensure we're not putting ourselves in compromising situations. All right. I think those are good observations. If you've got any other uh, helps uh, in the chat room quickly uh, as we're almost out of time, any ideas on how we can avoid uh, sins? Uh, Jack says we've got to confess our sins, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, to acknowledge our sins to God is to recognize our dependence upon his grace and mercy and acts as a rem- reminder that God does not overlook sin, Acts 17, verse 30. Uh, God commands every men, all men everywhere to repent. So uh, Jack says we've, we should be confessing our sins to God and uh, to one another. Kevin says if I'm truly in prayer, then we will... If, then we will find it imp- almost impossible to sin. Yeah, it's hard to sin when you're praying. And, and uh, Jack says we may have to lose some friends. Not that they, not that we're not trying to help them and be a good example, but there comes a time when they weigh on us and are harmful to us. Then we must get out of this relationship. You know, and and it may be that I can come back to those same people later, and, and you know, be a strength to them. I'm going to have trouble finding it here in the last minute. But remember when. Jesus foretold Peter's denial. Yeah, yeah. He said, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Uh, it is Luke 22, verse 32. Yeah, 22, yeah. With the aid of the it, computer here. He, he said, Jesus I said, cheated. Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Yep. So, you know, that might be our case. Maybe we're too weak to be around that person right now. But when I get my strength up, maybe I can come back to that person and be that positive influence on them. Monty, any closing thoughts? We're out of time. 
Well, it seems to me if we put all this together, we talked about praying and asking God for help, confessing to our brethren and, and asking for them help. And if we look at the example of Jesus in his efforts to overcome the difficulties in his life, he prayed. And we kind of get the notion as independent Americans where we can do things ourselves, we don't have to have help. Well, the Bible in several places talks about how the angels came and ministered to Jesus. So Jesus did not overcome and endure everything that he went through by himself. He had help. And if my Lord and Master needs help, it's not too big a deal for me to ask for help, too. All right. Thank you, Monty. All well, right. a good discussion tonight. I, th- I hope it's helpful. I, it's, it's not, you know, we, we get more uh, audience participation when we deal with sort of controversial things. Yeah. This is not a controversial topic, but I think it's a necessary one and one that we need to consider. Nobody disagree with us tonight. Yeah, we didn't have any disagreements tonight. Well, maybe next week. Okay. Uh, well, no, we don't want anybody to disagree with us, so maybe not next week. Well, Dad, thank you for the time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you for being here, Monty. Glad to have you back. Thank you. And uh, thank you for joining us on the program. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word in the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.